When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Did I lie? Did I lie? Did I fucking lie? Ooh, come on, note. <laughs> I might have lied, actually. I'm not sure. I think I told the truth. Did I prophesize? I don't know. Me and the rest of the Marvel Universe, who knows? Y'all, we got a big reveal this episode, but I'm not sure we actually got a reveal yet. I don't know. Don't worry. I'll explain in a minute. It's your weekly bonus episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's talk episode two of Loki. Hey, guys. This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV to the MCU to the DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! low-key series is giving us way more questions than we're getting answers and i kind of love that i want like a big you know explosive finale where we just find out everything but find out nothing at the same time lord oh lord ant-man and the wasp quantumanium can't come quick enough because me along with everyone else on the internet 
We have been theorizing about Kang the Conqueror, and you know this man is probably going to wind up being just like Mephisto, just like uh, <laughs> who else, Nightmare, just like everybody we've tried to throw into these series so far. My God, my God. Oh, I j this is, wow, what an episode, and we got a lot to talk about. Before I get into it, Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black podcast, also the, you know, the co-moderator with me and Aaron, who is also the one of the hosts of Bravo Wild Black. You know, we do a pod, not a podcast, shall we do a clubhouse every Friday about Loki. We also do one every Thursday. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, that's when we do the reality TV clubhouse. On Fridays, though, we're doing specifically about Loki. And the last one was so good that I can't wait for this next one. And we've got to theorize a lot. But she sent in a voice message. I'm going to throw it to her first. Oh, boy. She's got a lot of questions. And there are a lot of the ones that, you know, we got to go over because this was a dense-ass episode. So pay attention to this. She's going to do a little, you know, self-promoting for us first, get into it. And then she's going to go into her questions. And we, had, we, we, we got a lot to talk about, okay? Kaya. Hey, it's Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast. You know you miss me. Just kidding. I'm on my Gossip Girl shit, getting ready for the new Gossip Girl. That's neither here nor there. This is about Marvel. Um, okay, I hope you guys were able to come to our chat about which superhero you think eat the groceries or uh, eats box. That was a fun chat. If you were there, thank you so much. If you missed it, we definitely will be revisiting this topic again. The room was lit! Now on to something more serious. I just finished Loki episode 2 on Disney Plus and I was a little bit confused at first. Is that Lady Loki? I've been hearing about it. Kendrick has been hinting at it. If you haven't been listening to the podcast, you need to go every one because he definitely hinted at it. So I see that Loki is not only the hero, but he's also the villain in this series. Do we think that this Loki is actually going to be redeemed by the end of this series? Or are we going to be coming out with an even more mischievous Loki? That's my first question. Like, do you think Loki is going to have some kind of uh, awakening to where he's not so bad at all? Like he did in, I guess that was what, The Last Avengers when he gave his life for his brother? Um, number two, the Time Variance Authority, or whatever the fuck you call them, the TVA, where the fuck were they when Wanda was bending and breaking and morphing and rewinding time? Okay, like, they should have been there instead of those other dudes that were there, because they definitely seem that they don't play. Um, maybe that was... You know, maybe they didn't want to bring out the Time Variance Authority for Wanda. Maybe it's a completely different situation. Kendrick, help me out with that. Uh, number three, it's not a question. It's more of an observation. And literally all three of these Disney Plus series, we are having kind of like a buddy cop situation. And I'm wondering what's up with Marvel and the imperfect pairings that end up being perfect pairings. I'm not complaining. It's just that I noticed that they're sticking to it. Is it because it works? Is it because uh, every single show or movie ends up doing that? Or like, what, what's about it that they want to emulate the buddy cop style thing? Uh, yep. So this is Kaya with my observations. Love you. Bye. First of all, the room she's talking about, we... <laughs> Me and her spiraled on Instagram recently 
it was on Tuesday, actually. If you're listening to this today, it came out. It was two days prior. We were talking about, you know, there was this article that came out because some of the creators of Harley Quinn, the cartoon on uh, HBO Max, they came out and they said that there was a scene where Batman was going to, you know, go downtown and eat the box on Harley Quinn. But apparently he got, you know, they, they got nixed from uh, DC. They told them that superheroes don't do that. And that sent the internet into a spiral because we're like, uh, if they're good superheroes, they should be eating the box. I'm just saying, you know, they should be doing a lot of stuff. So it sent us into a spiral. We were doing polls on Instagram, all kind of stuff. So we ended up doing like an impromptu clubhouse room that ended up being like so popular. It was so popular, so fun. A lot of people came through, came on stage, shared their opinion. You know, uh, people were saying that the Hulk, but not the the, the big Hulk. It was, you know, the one that's mixed with uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, you know, the new Hulk that we're used to. They said he eat the box best and beat it up. They were saying Dr. Strange could use his magic. They saying, of course, Batman beats it up and eats it up because, you know, Robert Pattinson is a freak in real life. You know, it was, it was a lot. It was a good conversation. Okay. So if you're not following us on Clubhouse, what the hell are you doing? That's the Melanated Bravo Club. Join us. We're going to start doing uh, two turn Tuesdays or too much Tuesday, something where we just have a random topic of discussion just to make everybody laugh. Let's just get together and have some fun. Now, before I get into the episode, let me address two of the other things that she said in that. One of them, the thing about will Loki be redeemed by the end? I'm going to talk about a a theory that I kind of have that I think if you're watching this, maybe it kind of makes sense. I don't know. So we'll all talk about that later. But one of the things we talked about Wanda. So Wanda is what we call a nexus being that means she's like the the constant figure but she can go between realities there are a lot of different nexus beings you know who else is a nexus being Kang the conqueror we'll talk about that at another point you know if we get that big reveal at some point during this series but she's a nexus being and you know she's one of the reasons why the tva exists People like her, they have to make sure that these people stay in check because if anybody can affect the sacred timeline, they can. So Wanda, now, you know, she was, you know, she was just doing a little, you know, cute, you know, a little around the house in Westview. So I guess they didn't, you know, see fit to mess up like that because she wasn't really hurting time. She was just hurting people. (laughs) So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make the timekeepers answer for that, but we'll see what they, you know, say after a while, child. The other thing was this imperfect, perfect pairing. I don't know. I feel like these TV shows especially were such a risk. Even though I think Disney and Marvel knew that we were going to come watch regardless because they built up such a fan base that whatever they do, I don't care if they, you know, if you got to go into the uh, your local sex shop and sit in one of the nasty booths in order to watch a movie, we're probably going to do that. So... I feel like they probably were just a little, you know, a little cautious. They didn't know how many, you know, subscribers they were going to get. So maybe anchoring these with two people to like the buddy, buddy style, maybe that seemed a little less risky because you're getting characters that, you know, if you don't like this one, I know you like that one. So, you know, put them together. We'll, we'll figure it out. So that's my little theory. It means nothing. Let's get into the episode. We kicked shit off in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. In somewhat recent years, it's 1985, four years before I was born, so you know. (laughs) I'm still young. (laughs) It's at like a a kind of renaissance fair, and we meet a new hunter 
This is Hunter C20. Not to be confused with our girl, Hunter B15, okay? Put some respect on Hunter B15's name. They have detected a variant and traced it here. As they wander off, you know, into one of the tents, they don't detect any kind of nexus energy. You know, that's exactly what they do to try to find these people. But they're being cautious. Suddenly, the loudspeakers kick on, and while distracted, the variant uses the green low-key kind of energy and controls her mind. Hunter C-20, you know, starts whooping ass, up, whooping all her Minutemen ass that is, not the variant ass, whooping everybody ass who she's not supposed to be whooping ass. And, you know, the variant begins helping her too. The variant then uses the thing that uh, we know now is called a temp map. A temp map? Yeah, whatever shit. They use that uh, to open a time door. She opens it up. And the variant goes through it, but she's dragging Hunter C-20 right along with her. So this is the first time we're seeing this. Normally, they just all get murdered, but she's taking one with her. Cut to Loki, and he's sitting at his little TVA desk reading what we now know is Mobius's magazine because it was opened up to an article about water skiing. And you can hear Miss Minutes <laughs> in the background. Now, child... They got Miss Minutes training Loki on his new job. <laughs> Listen, my job has had me on the training committee for three years now. So, Miss Minutes, I understand your plight, okay? These ugly ass new hires don't want to do shit except show you pictures of their kids and ask you how many PTO days you start off with. First of all, I don't want to look at them ugly ass baby's kids you got. Second of all, you can't use PTO the first three months anyway, so just settle in and watch me balance these accounts. Shit. <laughs> anyway, Miss Minutes asks Loki, what happens uh, when a Nexus event branches past the red line, which we've seen? We've seen this visually like several times in the first two episodes. Remember when Hunter B-15 first finds Loki and she's looking down at her little communicator, the, the Tim map, or whatever, and it showed the line veering off from the uh, other one, and it was going up towards the red one. That's what Miss Minutes is asking him about. After joking around, he answers, it's when the TVA can no longer reset a Nexus event. And Miss Minutes responds, and that can lead to the destruction of the timeline and the collapse of reality as we know it. So this was like a small scene of telling us why at least while we're being presented with the TVA is so important and why variants actually are so dangerous and why they do everything in their power to stop them. Mobius shows up and says there been an attack, gives Loki like a little piece of uniform, <laughs> you know, gave him a little piece of jacket child. And they go to have like a little meeting with Hunter B-15 and her Minuteman. She says C-20 and her team went dark after they jumped into the, what is it, the 1985 branch, and all of the signs are pointing to yet another ambush from this Loki variant. Chat, Loki started getting slick with his mouth, and B-15 asked him to turn around and let her see the back of his jacket. And when he did it, he turned around thinking, you know, she's going to ask where he got it from. You know, did you get that from JCPenney or Kato's or Macy's? You know, something like that. A little piece of TJ Maxx. You know, where did you get that? Chat, that damn jacket had variants in big orange letters going across the back. <laughs> that was her way of saying, stay in your place, child, okay? Stay in your place, Asgardian. You do that. Keep it cute, niece, okay? 
I love the next part where Mobius brings everyone back on track and lets them know that, you know, we're looking for a low-key variant. And he starts doing like this type of projection in the middle of everyone and shows them different type of Lokis that it could be. One of them looks like a, you know, a, a frost giant Loki. One of them looks like he's a, a track runner. Like, oh, not, not Usain Bolt Loki. Okay. <laughs> One shaped up like the Hulk or ogre mixture kind of creature. I don't know, a minotaur something. One looked like a damn fool. I don't know what he was. While he's showing off all these different variations, he details about these variants themselves and how they're different and how they're similar. Not, no, like no two of them are alike, especially in appearance. But most can shapeshift. Most can have illusion projections. And then he was about to tell us a third thing, but Loki jumped in and says it's called duplication casting, which apparently is different from illusion projection. Loki broke it the fuck down, though, so I guess he's right, don't you? Let me, let me not tell you about your powers, okay? Let me not step on your shoulders. Got a little, much, a little too much dip on your chip player, but that's okay. We then find out that Loki will be going with Mobius on this little trip that they're going on. They all go to 1985, and as they're walking to the site of the ambush, Loki actually asks a fantastic question that kind of puts me in the mind of Avengers Endgame, where they're all talking about time traveling, you know, whether it's like it is in the movies or, you know, time cop, you know, what is it like? He asks, why don't we just go back in time to before the ambush happened? You know, the old, like, why don't we go back in time and kill baby Hitler argument? <laughs> Shout out to Don Cheadle. You know what I'm talking about. Mobius responds with Nexus. You know, he says Nexus events destabilize the time flow. So this branch is still changing and growing. So you got to show up in real time. Okay. Y'all better answer the, uh, the audience questions that y'all know we go ask. Cause you know, we're going to ask them. Okay. Then one of the other hunters kind of steps up and he asks them, uh, about you know resetting the charges and he says well reset charges prune the affected radius of the branch timeline allowing time to heal all of its wounds i love this kind of over explaining of terms and universe developing that's going on because it kind of makes us it helps us like make sense of all of this and the end game of it all and you know all the time travel that's going on in mcu and all the future time traveling and reality jumping and multiversing that's going to be going on in the future of the MCU. When they get to the tent where the ambush happened, they immediately realize that the hunter has been taken as a hostage, which this variant never does. They're hearing their investigation because that branch is slowly creeping towards that red line. Remember if that happens, kablooey reality, not existing, bad shit. You know, all of that happens. As they're spreading out, Loki says, you know, stop, ah, ah, don't move. It's a scheme that Todd set up to come with you with the bullshit. You know, he's making Asgardian references and saying that going outside of this tent is a trap. And it's what the variant wants and that the variant thinks Loki wants to take over the TVA along with him. But he actually doesn't because he has a new purpose in life to be a, a faithful servant of the sacred timeline. He says, but you know, he's figured out a way to capture the variants, but he wants, you know, an audience with the timekeepers. So he's trying to barter for his life. Basically in the previous scene, he found out that there was an option that was actually on the table. So now of course it's all that he can think about. 
See, Loki is still thinking about that damn man at the TVA that literally got obliterated when he didn't have his ticket. He's trying to do anything except get reset, okay? <laughs> Side note, I love visually how it looks when a timeline is reset with one of those reset charges. It puts me in the mind of WandaVision. Now, remember in like episode, I want to say five or six, the Halloween episode, when at the end of the episode, Wanda expands the hex or the boundaries of Westview, whatever you want to say. And everything that started was in the, you know, that was in that like expansion path was changed into something else of that era. So like regular SUVs were changed into ice cream trucks or you know this was changed into balloons and clowns you know because it was like a circus thing whatever the case may be it's just a beautiful note that i love about the the continuity across the mcu as a whole just beautiful back at the tva we're in judge Renslayer's office mobius is admiring all of the trophies and the keepsakes from all of the different analyst missions analysts like mobius we finally like get his title this episode is so weird to me not having a title for all these people. Cause you know, like we know that, uh, one Mu Masaku, she's playing a hunter, hunter B 15. We know that Renslayer, Ravana Alexis Renslayer. She's a judge. We know that the people that are with the hunters, they're Minutemen, And I haven't known what to call Owen Wilson's character this whole time. You know, I know he's Mobius, but I haven't known what, what his like job description was. And it was driving me insane it's one of my little pet peeves it's something about me at work too and like my real life i hate that stuff like if this is your job description do that don't come in my lane i'm just saying but now we know that mobius is an analyst she gives him a cold <laughs> glass of something to drink maybe water maybe wine i don't know as they discuss the case file on loki and the mission that he had just almost fucked up okay i wanted to point out though that they mentioned Mobius making all of those rings on Renslayer's table. The type of rings that you make like when you sit a cold Coca-Cola down on a table without a coaster. And it made me wonder, is it the same Mobius that's doing this? Or different variants or different varieties or different kinds of Mobius that are doing this? Maybe Mobius has variants too, I don't know. Just something to ponder. In the comics, we know that like middle management at the TVA, all of that was made up of different versions of Mobius. So maybe this is why he's so cheeky with her when he's talking about, you know, you and your other favorite analysts. Did your other favorite analysts do this? Now, the way we can take this is, you know, maybe it's a Kang the Conqueror reference, or maybe he just knows that he's the other analyst because there are a million of him. And maybe, I don't know, double entendre, I don't know, we'll we'll figure it out as the episodes go along, or maybe they won't address it at all, but maybe it's just a, a little nod to comic book fans, I don't know, but I like it. It, it, it has me wondering. Also, Mobius calls Renslayer by her first name, so now we have, like, full, full confirmation that that is Ravana Alexis Renslayer. Boom! I love that. I've been needing to make sure, like, don't tell me her name's Renslayer, and then, like, at the end of this, her name was really, like, Carol or Bethany Renslayer. I don't know. I need I needed confirmation, and now we've got it. So now we know that is Kang the Conqueror's jump-off. I mean, girlfriend, you know, we, we know that now. <laughs> they argue about it being controversial, that he has Loki in the field, and, you know, he's destined to be a lying scourge all his life. But Mobius asks, you know, if he can change 
And if he can find out that, no, he can't change. Not unless the timekeepers decree it. Now, Mobius, you know damn well that lady is not going to go against the timekeepers. The quote-unquote timekeepers, I don't know. Mobius asks, uh, you know, about the timekeepers. And we find out that he's never met them either, which is odd because it, it kind of made it seem like, you know, he knew them at some point or something. I don't know. But Renslayer says they're analyzing every aspect of this case closely. Child, see, now Renslayer is starting to give me vibes. I don't know what kind of vibes, but I'm I'm getting some from her. I think she might end up being a villain once all this is done. Her and Kang maybe will come up at the end and be the villains. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But, you know, I just like to start shit and hypothesize. I, I don't know. She helping Kang. I don't know. I don't even know if the damn timekeepers are real, but we just go assume that they are for now. Side note, I don't know why, but the implications behind them showing that Franklin D. Roosevelt High School pen, it feels big for some reason. I don't know. I, I literally don't know why. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But they zoomed in on it, and it, it made me feel like it comes from something specific i don't know i don't know who either but let's just keep that in the back of our minds like my only guess would be that it's maybe a true callback for like true mcu like diehard fans because remember i just watched civil war the other day okay <laughs> remember when tony stark tried to get steve rogers to sign the sokovia course and he started off with that story about uh i think it was jfk or FDR, it was one of them. Somebody, his dad, you know, used that pen to sign something. And it was JFK's pen and or FDR's pen. And, you know, that's the only thing that it makes me think of when I think of a pen and them signing. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a callback to that. Well, I guess we'll find out in the future. Maybe, probably not. I also love, though, that when Mobius used the pen to sign that event report that he was in there discussing with, you know, Ravonna Renslayer. He signs it, you know, we see his signature. It's M-M-M, which is our first comic book reference to his actual name, Mobius M. Mobius. See, I just, I love little things like that. That That's what makes my heart just get filled with glee. So that little M-M-M, I love that we're getting character confirmations because, you know, they could be anybody, you know, with the time variance and shit. So I'm glad at least that's him. Loki tries to convince Mobius that all of that was a part of Loki's way of giving them a lesson in capturing a Loki variant. Mobius says, you know, he wants Loki to tap into that need for validation that he has and help him capture this variant. And he gives him kind of like a semi-motivational speech, but Loki don't give a damn. <laughs> Mobius tells him to go over every Loki case file and examine them and give them like his Loki perspective because maybe the TVA is just missing something. He put Loki's ass at a desk at the TVA library and went to eat a damn salad. Now he soon goes to the front desk, Loki, and he tries to get like all types of classified documents. <laughs> and the, the woman behind the front desk is not falling for the bullshit. He wants files on the creation of the TVA on the beginning of time, on the end of time, etc., etc. After he shot his, she she shot his ass down every single time. She gave him like a handful of raggedy ass files, and when they zoom in on it, 
is his files. The shit that he was supposed to go in there and get the first time. She said, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I know that's right, Miss Front Desk Lady. Loki starts looking at the file on the destruction of Asgard, which, remember, he has not experienced. This is the end of, you know, Ragnarok and the beginning of Infinity War territory, and we're dealing with the first Avengers Loki. Total planetary destruction and the casualties total up to 9,719 deaths. I wonder if there's any, like, significance to this number. I was looking, but I couldn't find anything. I'll research and, you know, we'll talk about it in this week's Clubhouse, okay? Remember, follow Melanated Bravo on Clubhouse. That's me, Kaya, and Aaron. Kaya and Aaron from the Bravo All Black Podcast. We have a good old, good old Kiki every week, twice a week. You know, one reality TV room Thursday, one on Friday. Okay, I'm done with the self-promotion. It also says displaced by, and then it gives a long, like, number but it looks like a clock almost, and it, it, but each one is like three digits, so it's really weird. I don't know. I, maybe there's some significance to that, too, so I'll research that, and I'll report back at Clubhouse. Another seemingly, you know, the report, uh, it's a lot. it lists off a lot of random stuff. Loki, though, looking through it, has an epiphany. He goes to tell Mobius his theory, which is the variant is hiding in apocalypses. Genius, like absolutely genius. Low key and the people telling the story, absolutely genius. He uses Mobius's salad and basically gives him a metaphor about why the variant is hiding in apocalypses because it doesn't fucking matter. If you're fucking up shit right before the Big Bang, it doesn't matter because shit's about to be destroyed on a scale hitherto undreamt of. Did y'all catch that reference? Did y'all catch that reference? Eh, You know, I like to throw a little something in there for you people, okay? (laughs) Loki wants to test this theory out, but Mobius is pretty hesitant. They end up uh, in, what is it, is it Pompeii, Italy? <laughs> yeah, it was Pompeii, Italy in 79 AD, which we all know from history class. That's when Mount Vesuvius aired this bitch out, okay? It exploded and, and things just weren't the same. They're there to look at the temp pad. You know, we finally have a name for that little computer that the agents and hunters carry around. And Loki takes shit to another level, of course. And gives the citizens like this bad speech. He's actually speaking their language this time, though. He gives them a whole speech about him bringing bad tidings and all this kind of stuff. And then, boom, the volcano erupts. And Mobius revealed that Loki was right all along. It never branched off. It never went up towards that red line. Nothing happened. The apocalypse theory is correct. No variance on the timeline. Side note, just taking it back a little bit. When they were sitting down, he asked Mobius about Ragnarok right before this scene. And remember last week's episode? Did y'all listen? I hope you listen. Don't just jump in listening to episode two of my podcast series about Loki. Listen to the right shit. I told y'all in that episode that there was a difference between the Ragnarok in the movies and Ragnarok in the comics. He asked Mobius if he was familiar with Ragnarok. And he gives him like a blanket definition, basically what we've seen in the movies. (laughs) You know, he apologizes because Ragnarok is the entire destruction of the Asgardian society, citizens, whatever you want to say. But in comics, you know, it leads to the rebirths as well. So it's not just death, but it's like a whole cycle of life and they're being reborn as well. So this is actually how we've gotten some of these different variants. Like, well, 
I will say like who. We'll wait till the end of this episode. But just a note, I like that they're actually referencing all this kind of stuff that I'm bringing up. Love it. You'd think that I actually get Marvel screeners, but I don't. I don't know who's... Y'all child's about to say, I don't know who's dick Brielle needs to suck. I keep making all these reality TV episodes <laughs> in these Marvel episodes. Let me stop. Back at the TVA, they must look for all naturally occurring apocalypses that had absolutely no survivors. They're reviewing the files and falling asleep while they're trying to go through all this shit too. They have this like random conversation about jet skis. It takes up a lot of time in the episode too. You know, I mentioned the jet skis earlier and we find out that like jet skis are used to start this conversation between Loki and Mobius about fighting for something that you actually believe in. So the conversation had a purpose, you know, and it was about having a purpose actually and how things, you know, probably sound silly to others, but are actually, you know, have a lot of meaning or actually very much real like, you know, gods and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Loki's a god, but a lot of people probably don't believe in that. So, you know, it, the conversation had a purpose, even though it was long. It actually did serve a very big purpose in this episode. They also have a conversation about free will. And Loki asks, how does it all end? And Mobius says, that story's not yet been written. So we know that time is still going on. That's nice. <laughs> Loki brings up Mobius calling him a scared little boy earlier. And it made Mobius have an epiphany of his own. The bubble gum that we discussed last week, Kablooey. Now remember, Kablooey is what he got from a little child. I don't know if it was a little boy or a girl. Little girl. We just go say little girl. We're going to say, uh, we're going to say his pronouns are them, they, from them, they in the church. Now, now they finally got a little reference point. They can cross reference their bubble gum, like when it was sold on earth by when the apocalypses have actually occurred. Loki finally finds it. Apparently now everybody living in Alabama that's listening to this. I'm sorry, you might want to turn this section off. Skip forward 30 seconds and you'll be good. Apparently, Alabama is going to hit get hit by an apocalypse-type event in 2050 that kills 10,835 humans in Haven Hills, Alabama. So if you live in Haven Hills, get the fuck out, okay? It's apparently a Category 8 hurricane. <laughs> That's all I can make out on that damn paper. The only other thing I saw was the Revengers. No, that was on the other sheet of paper. But y'all know the Revengers was a, a callback to Thor Ragnarok when the Hulk and uh, Thor were trying to, you know, think of a new name. Not the Avengers, the, the Revengers. You know, just a little, you know, I love the little nod to Marvel movie fans because, you know, we all watch the movies 87 times a year. So, you know. Mobius goes to get permission for a new mission from Renslayer, and she is very pessimistic. Now, remember, Logi had just fucked shit up at that Renaissance Fair in Oshkosh. <laughs> she gives him the mission, but once again, she lets him know that, you know, if, if this doesn't work out, I can't help you. Sorry. Sorry to this man. Loki is happy the mission is approved, but mostly hoping for a face-to-face -face with the timekeepers. I love that moment with <laughs> when B-15 taking that weapon away from Loki after Mobius had just given it to him. Like, ah, ah, what the fuck you think this is? I love it. Y'all know I love me some Hunter B-15. She gathers everyone for a briefing and tells them that, you know, Rock's Cart is a vast superstore common to the area, and that's where the variant actually is. 
this we know. Well, I'm sorry, we don't all know, but we know that uh, Roxxon Corporation has been major throughout Marvel Comics, and Rox Cart seems to be like you know one of their offshoots. It's just really like Roxxon, R O X X O N. It's just an evil corporation that's always around in the comic books. It actually was responsible for the death of uh, Howard Stark, you know Tony Stark's dad, not the Winter Soldier like we've seen in the MCU. She reminds them that this is a class 10 apocalypse and people are at Rockstar to try to wait out the storm. She tells them that, you know, if they see this variant Loki prune his ass, Loki, like you mean the other Loki, right? Child, she don't give a damn. She, she, if she can kill your ass in the process, that's good too. Y'all just, just damn it. Just be swinging. If you, if you come across them and you swing and kill them, that's fine too. We'll, we won't do nothing to you. We'll write up a report. Say it was an accident, child. They get to Haven Hills, Alabama, and the scene is just beautiful CGI work. The storm looks like so real and scary. Shit is catching on fire, even in a hurricane. Roofs are being blown off the buildings and everything. It just looks, I know, it sounds weird to say it looks beautiful, but the CGI work looks amazing here. They go inside the rocks cart and Loki uses magic. Remember, he isn't able to do so in the TVA, but they're not inside the TVA, so he can actually use his magic. And he made himself dry off. This immediately made me think like he was going to pull something, you know, not even like a regular okie dog, just like with his magic. I thought he was going to finally, you know, try to fuck some shit up, but we didn't get that. Hunter B-15 splits everyone up and she takes Loki with her instead of leaving it with Mobius because, yeah, that's the right decision. (laughs) The variant is watching them all on little security cameras and sets out for her own bullshit that she has to do. Loki and Hunter B-15 are walking around and they see a man shopping in the rocks cart. They're in the middle of a hurricane and obviously they kind of sets off alarms in their mind like, okay, this makes no sense. This guy, something's wrong with him. Maybe he's a variant. She asks him, you know, could that possibly be you? And Loki says, maybe. When B-15 approaches him, it's the variant and he possesses her body. This begins the banter between Loki and the variant. You know, which one is the real one? No, you're the fake me. No, you're the fake me. I'm the better one. You know, that kind of stuff. Mobius and the Minutemen and the Hunters, they come upon the scared people waiting out the storm. But then, you know, after another Minuteman walks in and takes them elsewhere, they find out that Hunter C-20, who was kidnapped at the beginning of the episode, they actually found her. Back to Loki and B-15, Loki has a line that makes all of us think, Hmm, bitch, where? (laughs) He says enchantment. It's a clever trick. Oh, enchantment, eh? Like the enchantress? (laughs) Okay, let me explain. So, the beginning of this episode, I said, you know, bitch, did I lie? And y'all wasn't actually sure if I lied or not. So, this is why. We possibly don't have you know the person that we thought we were gonna have maybe it's someone else pretending to be a low-key variant so maybe it is being revealed as a low-key variant right now but maybe by episode five or six maybe it isn't gonna be so the person I, i bring this up because he said enchantment is a clever trick there's a character in marvel comics named amora 
aka the Enchantress, who is one of like the known, like one of the more known Thor villains in comic books. All of this speculation that, you know, it might be the Enchantress instead of uh, Lady Loki or whoever it might be is because like there were some credits that leaked online that showed the actress's name next to the word Sylvie, as in Sylvie Lushton, as in the Enchantress child instead of Lady Loki or whatever, you know, whatever other variant kid Loki, whoever we thought it was. Enchantress was in Secret Wars, though. Hmm. So, I don't know, maybe there's a little credibility there. Anyway, I don't want to give credence to leaked international footage. So, we'll we'll save that theorizing for later. We're going to take this episode for face value for now. She was dressed just like Loki, though. <laughs> so, maybe this was, like, a way to throw us off or, I don't know, she looked... Okay, anyway, stop. Let me stop it. Let me stop it. Let me stop it. Let me stop it. The variant goes into a different body once again or enchants <laughs> or whatever the hell she knows she does into a different body this time it's a male store employee this is when Loki reveals that he wants to overthrow the timekeepers and he could use like a qualified second in command a vice president a Kamala honey okay when he refers to her as Loki she gets so annoyed and says that you know don't call me that she, you know, considers immediately his little deal, and she's like, nah, not interested in ruling the TVA. Back with Hunter C-15, no, I'm sorry, Hunter C-20, who they've now found, she's constantly saying, it's real, it's real, it's real, and she reveals that she's given away the location of the timekeepers. Another quick switch back to Loki and the variant, and he sees that, you know, she has charge resets all over the store, all over this uh, rocks cart. He figures out that she wants to blow up the timeline or something similar, and she's changed into another body once again, and now they're fighting her and Loki, or him and Loki, whoever and Loki. I, You know, this time it's like a big, burly kind of man, bearded, that, you know, might you might get into an argument with over the, the truck tires at Walmart. I don't know. Just a, just a yet another variant, another person that she's found off in the store somewhere. Mobius and B-15 meet back up and they're now know, they know that Loki's missing and they're looking for him. Back with Loki finally. Oh God. After getting his ass thrown around <laughs> all over this damn store, we get the reveal of who I believe is Lady Loki for now. She has a little headpiece. If y'all follow me on Instagram, y'all know I got my own little Loki headpiece. She has on that very headpiece. She doesn't have black hair, though, which I don't think is a big deal, but it's important to know she has blonde hair, and the Enchantress is blonde hair, too. So, I don't know. This is all so confusing. We'll find out, you know, we'll find out in a couple episodes, I guess. This show is only six episodes, but we get the big reveal. She's Lady Loki for now. You know, this is what my whole little, you know, Nicki Minaj did I lie moment, okay? <laughs> right as she reveals herself and says, this isn't about you. Just like, uh, who was that? Uh, was that Sorcerer Supreme? I think they told it to Doctor Strange. I don't know. Another random MCU reference. All of the reset charges go off and they start to transport to other areas throughout other doors. She has essentially bombed 
the sacred timeline. So it's child, not domestic terror, terrorism. It's galactic terrorism, I guess. She then picks up a temp pad and she opens up a time door and she walks through it. She does not close it on her way through. She leaves it open for Loki. And as Mobius and the others are running towards him, Loki makes kind of a executive decision. He runs through it and it closes behind him. Finn. F-I-N-N of episode. Woo! What a fantastic episode. Let's talk about a couple of things that we might expect to see over the next week or two. I think we might get a reveal that there's more than one Mobius. That's one thing. I don't know how soon that'll come, but, you know, maybe there might be a future, future, future MCU product, you know, project, but who knows? Maybe we'll find out who this woman actually is. <laughs> I feel like, though, I feel like right now we're supposed to believe that this is Lady Loki. We'll learn more about her in next week's episode. But then maybe we'll get a reveal that she's not who we think she is. So we'll just hold on for that right now. And then third, I want us all to be thinking about, is Kang the Conqueror behind all of this? Because it kind of, I don't know, it with Renslayer and those uh those figureheads behind her the three timekeepers that look just like him and i don't know it all it, it all just feels real kangish okay and we all know kang is a nexus being just like wanda too so i mean maybe he's behind all this maybe he's supposed to be behind all of this i don't know i i really don't know but i feel like the timekeepers don't exist despite what hunter c20 said in this episode I don't know if that, you know, I I don't know. I'm excited to see, though. Y'all, another fantastic episode. I'm here for it. I love everything about it. I'm ready for episode three already. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out or the day after it comes out, come to our clubhouse. Clubhouse, Melanated Bravo. Friday nights, we do low-key rooms and we talk that shit we theorize we summarize we chit chat we do a little comic talk we do it all everybody slide through if you can i look forward to talking to you see ya as always thanks for listening want to support me for free just head on over to apple podcast or stitcher pod chaser or cast box and leave me a five star rating and review need to contact me just email me housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com also don't forget to follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast that's at housewivesmarvelpodcast this is kendrick and i'll see ya Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.